0: Rightly handling the word of truth. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good Thursday morning, and today we're moving on in 2 Timothy chapter 2, looking at verses 14 through 20. And uh, in this passage, uh, Paul addresses the issue of those who are um, wandering from the truth of the gospel and uh, perverting its intent uh, in their expression of it. And uh, Paul calls some people out by name (laughs) in this passage. And so, uh, some good good stuff here. Um, And he challenges Timothy to Uh, be one who rightly handles the Word of God. And so unpack this passage and some of its meaning uh, as we go into our time of study today. Thanks, as always, for uh, joining us. And as we prepare our hearts, let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Uh, Lord, we just want to quiet our spirits before you and come into your presence, O God, and seek your face. Uh, We know that it's through your Word and through our time prayerfully uh, exploring it, uh, prayerfully seeking you uh, that we will uh, best benefit from this time. Uh, We know that your word is active and alive. We know that it never goes out void, and we pray that it would have benefit, meaning, and impact in our lives today. Father, speak as always, Uh, send your spirit to bring insight and understanding, and we will faithfully listen for the sound of your voice. We love you Jesus and uh, we thank you for your word. What a gift it is to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, 2 Timothy 2:14 through 20 through 19. Remind them these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenius and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So there's a lot in this passage, as is always true of Paul's writing. Um, And there are some good uh, barometers uh, in here, some good metrics for believers to live by and to check their own hearts and their own motives and their own ministries against. Uh, The first thing Paul says is. Uh, That Timothy should remind the people of these things. That would be the things that he had previously taught in chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And charge them before God not to quarrel about words. In other words, set forth uh, a godly challenge uh, that they should not um, move into conversations that would get them quarreling and stirring up dissension and division um and Paul quite rightly uh acknowledges that those kinds of conversation do no good uh but only ruin the hearers. I kind of feel like as a nation, we're in a sort of a uh, a time when the national conversation is this very thing it's quarrelsome it's divisive it's not doing a whole lot of good for anyone, and it only seems to be. Uh, moving people closer to their polar opposite viewpoints. Uh, the middle ground seems to be shrinking, and uh, this national quarrelsome conversation doesn't seem to be uh, a fertile ground for healing, uh, for unity, for togetherness, uh, for understanding. <laughs> None of those things seem to be achieved at this current time by the current conversation, and I think there is a There is a point at which most conversations can devolve into uh, quarrelsome uh, expressions that are not helpful or useful uh, or doing anything good. And Paul warns against that and challenges Timothy to challenge the people to avoid such conversations. In verse 15, Paul says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Now, that simply means... To live in such a way uh, that you are not dishonoring your calling or dishonoring the faith that you proclaim or the Lord that you represent. Uh, A worker who has no need to be ashamed. You have faithfully um, held to the gospel. You have held to the qualifications of your calling. And you have uh, faithfully ministered uh, through the right handling of the word of truth. Um, and the reason he's bringing this up, and we see this unfold as he goes further into the passage, uh, there are some who have been tripped up by this conversation he describes as irreverent babble, uh, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Now, Paul does not examine the content of this irreverent babble. Uh, we can assume that it is conversation and teaching within the fellowship that is running counter to the gospel as presented by the apostles and their teaching. Um, And so Paul's concern is that Timothy and the other believers would avoid this kind of irreverent babble, uh, which plays into the quarrelsome conversation that's no good for anyone. And uh, so he's building on that earlier theme. He says in verse 17 that this kind of talk spreads like gangrene. It spreads like a disease. It spreads like something that simply infects part of the body and ultimately needs to be severed off. It needs to be uh, annexed. It needs to be um, uh, uh, taken away. Um, And so when gangrene fills up a person's body or foot or leg, uh, there's an amputation coming almost certainly. And uh, sometimes I think we need to amputate uh, certain groups of people from active fellowship when they are uh, divisive, when they are pulling people away from the truth of the gospel, until they are convicted of their wrong and uh, repentant and willing to uh, fall into line with the teaching of the gospel. Paul's bold. He names names in verse 17, Hymenaeus and Philetus. And he names also in 18 their specific, uh, the indictment against them. He says, they have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. And so uh, what they're claiming evidently is not just the resurrection of Christ has already happened, but the resurrection of the believers and those who will be resurrected um, And I'm not sure where that teaching emerged from. It's clearly heretical, clearly runs counter to what the apostles were teaching and what the beliefs of the New Testament church were, and certainly counter to what we would say today. Um, The resurrection of the believers at the end of uh, the epoch, at the end of history, when Jesus returns for the church, uh, has not happened yet, clearly. And um, so what Paul is the writing is this false teaching, but also the way it's upsetting some of the believers. And um, uh, so he continues in 19, but God's firm foundation stands, the truth of the gospel stands, bearing this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And I think this has bearing, important bearing, on all of us. Um, it is not our job to discern the sincerity of a person's faith walk in Jesus. Obviously, the fruit of that walk will bear itself out. There will be plenty of testimony to the truthfulness of that walk. So it's not our job to go around putting our stamp of approval on people that we believe uh, we can affirm to be be, uh, solidly Christian or solidly disciples of Jesus. Um, Because it's quite clear by what Paul teaches, the Lord knows those who are his. Uh, Jesus says in John chapter 10, My sheep know my voice. And they follow me. And uh, so the Lord does know those who are his. I believe a believer's walk will be evidenced by not just what they say, but by what they do, by the fruit of their life, by evidence of their abiding in Christ. And so we don't have to go around uh, trying to prove the sincerity of others' faith. Um, The Lord knows those who belong to him. And... um, and Paul gives us a, a metric here. He says, let everyone who names the name of the Lord, who professes faith in Christ, depart from iniquity. If a person is actively pursuing a life of iniquity, then they're clearly not following after the ways and things of God. And that would bring into question any profession of faith. Um, so uh, Paul gives us some good metrics. He reminds us it's not our job to discern who the Uh, true believers are, the Lord knows who are His. Um, We want to be careful to examine the lives of people that are applying for positions of leadership within the church, and we don't want to shirk that responsibility. Uh, But the clearest metric of a person's profession of faith is the fruit of their life, and so we should watch that closely. Um, We should avoid quarrelsome and unhelpful conversation, and we should... uh, Um, annex or um, remove those uh, from fellowship who are actively stirring things up by teaching untrue things or um, trying to persuade people uh, with untrue uh, beliefs. And so a good teaching and a good reminder for Timothy and others in Christian leadership to present themselves to God as one approved who rightly handles the gospel Uh, and faithfully carries out their calling with no need to be ashamed. Pray for some people in ministry around you today, that they might feel the support and encouragement of God's people, lifting them and the execution of their calling and uh, their ministry. It can be a lonely uh, and tiresome uh, place, and so let's be people of encouragement to those who are in ministry today. All right, my friends, thanks for listening. God bless you. May these words continue to resonate in your hearts as you consider them today.